Hey, friends, and welcome to episode number 43 of Audit Bites. We are one of the best podcasts with a focus on internal auditing, education, training, fun, and excitement. Yes, I said fun and audit in the same sentence. What about it? <laughs> and today, today, my friends, we are going to talk about why you should always be auditing. Why you should always, always be auditing. Now, always, that's a, that's a, that's a harsh word, right? So you're probably wondering, what in the world do I mean by that? Why you should always be auditing. Today's episode is brought to us by the best book for internal auditors who want to learn how to ask better questions so that they can get better answers, so that they can perform better audits. The title of that book is Ask, Get, Perform. If you would like your copy, you can go to Amazon or go to askgetperform.com. Calm. So now the question that I have for you all today, because obviously I always have a question, right? The question that I have for you all today is, has anyone ever told you that you audit too much? You know, like friends and family, they look at you and they say, you're always asking questions. You're always auditing something. So has anyone ever told you that you audit too much? So now, let me tell you, growing up, I had this friend who lied all the time. Yes, I said lied. Now, to protect the innocent or the guilty, we'll call him Tim today, but his name is not Tim. That is simply the name I'm using to protect the guilty. But he lied about everything. So he would come to us with these crazy stories about experiences that he'd had. Like one time he said he snuck into a salt and pepper concert. But he took it a step further. He said, not only did he sneak into the concert, but he also snuck backstage, too. Now, for those of you who don't know who Salt and Pepper is, they're a 90s hip hop group. And if you ever heard the song called Push It, that's me. Remember that? So that's Salt and Pepper. They were big in the 90s. And anyway, he, he said he snuck into the concert. Now, he said that he snuck backstage, too. If it didn't get any crazier, he also said that the ladies pulled him on stage and started singing to him. Now, let me remind you, this was before the Internet. This was before cameras were everywhere and before we recorded everything. But anyway. We were happy and excited to hear this story. So we were real eager to know more. So we started asking him a lot of questions. I started off and I said, wait a minute. How did how in the world did you sneak into the venue? So he gave us some half baked answer. But as kids, we actually bought it. So then somebody else asked, did you drink alcohol? Because obviously we were underage. Right. So somebody else said, did you drink alcohol? So he made up this story about how he got drunk with salt and pepper. But we were teenagers and what we thought was, hey, he must have been one lucky guy. And so then I asked, wait a minute, how in the world did you sneak backstage? Now, now, listen, mostly I asked because, well, partially I probably wanted to give it a try at the next salt and pepper concert. But anyway, I asked the question. And so then he said to us, 
specifically to me, why are you asking so many questions? He snapped at me. Why are you asking so many questions? And then he said, you always have to question everything. Now, in that moment, I got real quiet because I didn't think I was questioning him. I thought I was asking questions. Those are two different things. But but I was really happy for him and wanted to experience the experience that he'd had. But because he wasn't being very honest, he thought that he was being audited, quote unquote, audited. Back then, I actually didn't know that this was a good trait to have. So for years, I shut down. I was afraid to ask people questions, even when I was interested in knowing more about them or what they experienced. Fortunately, at some point, I learned that this was a really good skill to have. And I also learned that oftentimes people who take offense to this did so because either A, they were being dishonest or B, they were trying to manipulate a situation. So back to the original question that I asked you all, has anyone ever told you that you audit too much? Has anyone ever told you that you audit too much? Now, while I give you a chance to answer that question, let's go to the audience. My man, Mike Hurst is here. He says, hello, hello, Mike. Now, Mike says, my wife doesn't like my profession so much when I check the credit card statement. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, and Zarek says a throwback. Yeah, man, a throwback. So you guys know how I start off the show mostly. I start off with a story, a story that we somehow relate to auditing. And if you're just joining, I've been talking to you guys about a friend that I had growing up who always had these wild adventures. And somehow he would always get offended when we would ask him questions because he thought that we were questioning him. Truly, we were just asking questions, trying to find out more about his experience. Now, he got offended because his experience were oftentimes lies. It took us a while to figure that one out. Everybody has had that friend, right, though, that lied all the time. So that begs the question, has anyone ever told you that you audit too much? You see, after the ridicule from my friend as a kid, I shut down for a while and I stopped asking questions. And then I realized asking questions was a good thing because especially for us as auditors, you should always be auditing. Always. Mike, even when your wife gets upset that you check the credit card statement, you should always be auditing. But, but I don't want to just say that in a vacuum. Let's talk about what that means. What in the world does always auditing mean? Well, here's what that means. Number one, the first thing when I say always auditing. It means you should always be observing what is happening around you, especially in your organization. You should be observing what's happening internally and what's happening externally. I used to work for this one bank. It was called NetBank. At one point, we acquired the third largest ATM provider in the nation. Now, this was a while back. You notice I said ATM. We called it NetBank Payment Systems. NetBank Payment Systems was a cash cow. There was cash just coming in. You see, they had ATMs strategically placed at ski resorts and places like that. Here's the deal. NetBank the bank, we had a lot of business banking accounts. Here's what I noticed as an auditor, though. Many of our ATM customers were not 
business checking account customers. And so in a meeting, I said, hey, listen, I was just looking at our landscape of ATM customers and a lot of them are not business checking account customers. Can you help me understand what are we doing to actually try and create some synergy there? Because I think there's some really good opportunities there. One of the people at the ATM provider looked at me. Here's what he said. He said, why are you asking about that? You act as if our organization is going to be a loss leader for the bank. Now, I was shocked because I simply thought, hey, if we want to grow together, why would we not collaborate? Here's what I actually did. I took it a step further, too. I looked at the average amount that was in a business checking account. I looked at the number of ATMs we had. And then I said, if we only captured 10% of our current ATMs and they deposited X number of dollars into our bank account, that would grow our deposit base by X percentage. I'm thinking team player, both parties operating together. And I just had a critical question because I was observing my surroundings and my surroundings told me that we weren't collaborating as a team. And he got offended and he said, we will not be a loss leader for this bank. I took it a little personal because that's not what I was insinuating, but here's what I eventually learned. I learned that there was internal turmoil that prevented them from taking the objective advice that we were giving. So listen, as a part of always auditing, you should always be observing so that you're aware of the reality around you. You need to be aware of your surroundings, what's working well, what's not working so well, what changes you need to make, and what things need to remain the same. So when I say you should always be auditing, you should, number one, always be observing your surroundings. Always be observing your surroundings. Ah, so Rima is here again. And Rima says, not that I audit too much. So people aren't telling you that you audit too much, but they are saying that you're asking too many questions, that you're asking too many questions. Now, Rima, how do you respond when they say you're asking too many questions? And Mansoor has joined us and he says, yes, people are always saying that you audit too much. You audit too much. So what is always auditing? Number one, it's always observing your surroundings. But but the second thing is it is always asking what ifs, always asking what ifs. Many years ago, when I worked for Deloitte as a consultant, one of our clients was a distribution company and they had warehouse operations all throughout the nation. We were charged with going in and looking at the effectiveness and the efficiency of the operations. When we were touring the facility, we noticed that there was a bottleneck on one of the loading docks. After we noticed that bottleneck, we kind of got together and we said, wait a minute. We learned from them earlier that they were projecting that they were going to triple their output production. So now if we have a bottleneck now, at the current level, what's going to happen when the output triples? And so we asked this question of the management team, what if? 
And what we found is that the management team had not communicated that expectation to the warehouse personnel. So they really would have been in some trouble. They ended up doing some troubleshooting and putting some measures in place to be able to handle increased capacity. So as a part of always auditing, we have to always ask what ifs. Now I'm gonna give you another example from a non-audit side of the importance of asking what ifs. You see, for those of you who know me and you know me well, you know that I really like Steve Jobs. Now I know some people don't like him, but I really, really like him. Although I'm not an Apple fan, I like Steve Jobs. Now, at one point in time, they asked Steve Jobs about the iPhone and he disclosed the secret that I'm gonna share with you all. You see, he wasn't going to create the iPhone initially. They were gonna start with the tablet first and then some things happened to where he shifted gears and focused on the iPhone. However, I'm gonna let you hear it directly from the man himself. Check out what he had to say about how the iPhone came to be. Check out what he had to say. You didn't do it in a tablet right away, you did it in the phone. What was the, I mean, did you consider doing a tablet when you did the iPhone or, or was it just a natural progression? The iPhone came out, it was a big hit. I'll actually tell you kind of a secret. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I actually started on the tablet first. And uh, I had this idea of being able to get rid of the keyboard, type on a multi-touch glass display. And I asked our folks, could we come up with a multi-touch display that I could, we could type on, I could rest my hands on and actually type on. And about six months later, they called me in and showed me this prototype display. And it was amazing. And I gave it to one of our guys this was in the early 90s, I mean early, uh, early 2000s. 2000, yeah. And uh, I gave it to one of our other really brilliant uh, UI folks. And he called me back a few weeks later and he had inertial scrolling working and a few other things. Now we were thinking about building a phone at that time. And when I saw the rubber band inertial scrolling and a few of the other things, I thought, oh, my God, we can build a phone out of this. And I put the tablet project on the shelf because the phone was more important. And we went and took the next several years and did the iPhone. So and then, and when we got our, when we got our wind back and uh, thought we could take on something next, pulled the tablet off the shelf, took everything we learned from the phone, and went back to work on the tablet. So where now, the lesson that we have here for us as auditors is we have to stay agile. You see, when Steve Jobs recognized a better opportunity, he shifted focus. He understood the risk. He also understood the rewards. So a part of always auditing is we have to always be asking, what if? He said, what if we can do the phone instead of the tablet? Now imagine us being able to add value to our organizations because we can ask those what if questions. So let's go back to our audience because, well, I just love interacting with you guys. 
So Rima says, when they say you're asking too much, it helps to explain the purpose of your testing and how you achieve the objective with their help. It works sometimes, sometimes. And also, depending on the situation, I might follow up with a few other questions, such as which question do you feel is not pertinent or maybe irrelevant? That's good. I like that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> oh, okay, Zarek, that's funny. I'm gonna have to come back to that one. I actually do like that. So, so listen, what is always auditing? One, it's observing, always observing. It's two, always asking what if, always asking what if. And, and the third thing is, well, always reading industry insights, always reading industry insights. Why is that important? Because you need to understand what is currently happening in our industry, as far as the internal auditing industry and in the industry within which you work. So what do I mean by that? You should be following several individuals on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. For example, I personally personally follow Hare Garen, Richard Chambers, John Tabor, Norman Marks, and who can forget Trent Russell from The Audit Podcast. And last but not least, you should all be following me on LinkedIn, on Spotify, on Apple, and guess what? On YouTube now, my friends, on YouTube now. So here's what I'm going to do. If you like this podcast, go to your Apple store and give us a five-star review. Go to your Apple store. I'm dropping links into the chat right now to the website's homepage, as well as to the Apple homepage. By the way, also, if you like it, spread the word to all of your friends. While we're here, let's talk about, <clears throat> let's talk about audit merch. <clears throat> you see, I love what we do. That's why I created an entire line of merch for you. You can go get your I Love Audit shirts, your I Love Audit mugs, anything that you can dream of, I can create. You can find that on my website at thatauditguy.com, thatauditguy.com. Now, back to what we were talking about today. You should always be auditing. And the question that I asked is, has anyone ever told you that you ask too many questions or that you're always auditing? I see we had a lot of people in the audience that said, yeah, people tell me that all the time. And there are specific things that you can do to handle that. But let's talk about the sheer benefits of why you should always be auditing, the sheer benefits of why you should always be auditing. Well, the first reason is you're current on industry news and industry conditions. You're current on industry news and industry conditions. I'll give you an example. If any of you are familiar with the payment card industry standards, when they first came out, I was working for a university and I was the chief auditor. We were accepting credit cards all throughout campus. And some people at our campus were unaware of this new legislation. But because I was aware of it, I said, hey, we have this new legislation coming out and there are certain things that we need to do. One of the big things that we needed to do was make sure that the credit card numbers were not showing up on the printed receipts. That was one of the stipulations. If you violated that, you could have been fined. You could have had your ability to produce credit cards 
to take credit cards, I'm sorry, restricted. So I went and told the management team. And after that, we went to every terminal on campus and made sure that we had the setting in the system set to mask the credit card numbers. They were thankful, but it was because I kept up with industry trends. Now, that was way back in the day. Let's fast forward to right now. Something that's happening that we as internal auditors should always be, should be aware of. There's something happening right now that we should be aware of. There's a new act. It's called the Strengthening America, American Cybersecurity Act. The Strengthening America Cybersecurity Act of 2022. It's a piece of legislation aimed at enhancing cybersecurity measures in the United States. Now, here's some key points of that act. First, it establishes a framework for the federal government to collaborate with critical infrastructure sectors. So if you are in like oil and gas or in the utilities industries, there's certain things that you have to do. The act also promotes the development of advanced technologies such as artificial intelligence and machine learning to enhance cybersecurity capabilities. It promotes the development of advanced technologies. So that means we as internal auditors need to get our handle on cybersecurity and artificial intelligence as it relates to cybersecurity. It also encourages the recruitment and retention of highly skilled cybersecurity professionals through training programs and incentives. Hmm. Now, there are some requirements under this act. First of all, there's a mandatory reporting that occurs. So organizations are required to promptly report any cybersecurity incidents to the government. So that means that our organization should have a way to identify cybersecurity breaches, risk assess those breaches, and we should already have a protocol in place to report those to the government. There are also timeliness criteria. So it sets forth what timely is within the act. But again, if we aren't current on conditions, we as internal auditors will not be able to help our organizations out because we will be behind the curve on things that are happening. All right, all right, all right. I see my man Shafundu is here and he says, <laughs> I also follow him. Yes, I do follow you, Shafundu. I do. Shafundu says, thanks for the tips. Hey, and thank you for joining. Thank you for always being there, my man. Thank you for always being there. So you should always be auditing because it keeps you up on current conditions that are happening in internal auditing and within the industry within which you work. But, you know, trying to keep up with these current conditions and trying to tell your management team of things that you're finding out, sometimes it makes you feel bad because they'll say things to you like, you're not qualified to look at that. What do you know about cybersecurity? You're a CPA. And so sometimes it sends us to a point of feeling like, well, maybe we're imposters. That's why the next episode of Audit Bites, episode number 44, we're going to talk about are auditors imposters? Are auditors imposters? So be sure to check the next episode, okay? 
So let's talk about why you should always be auditing. Let's go back to that. Why you should always be auditing. The first reason is, well, you're up on industry trends. But the second reason you should always be auditing is you have curious conversations with audit clients. Now, every time I say that, people look at me like I'm crazy. You have curious conversations. What does that mean? Well, my friends, let me tell you what that means. There's research out now on the power of curiosity. And I'm going to tell you three benefits of being curious, three benefits of being curious. You see, research shows that curious people actually connect better. Curious people actually connect better with others. And I'm going to use an old quote. I don't know who said it, so it's not original, but there's a quote that says being interested is more important than being interesting. For a very long time, I didn't understand what that meant, but here's what that really means. When you take interest in someone else, they genuinely start to like you because you're taking an interest in them. So being interested in someone else is better than being an interesting person yourself. So one of the best things that we can do is be interested in our audit clients, what they do, what drives them, why their job is important to them, why it's important to the organization. And when we ask them curious questions, it helps us to connect better with them. Right. The second thing research tells us about having curious conversations is that curious people cope better with rejection. I think that's why auditors are so good at doing what we do, you know, putting ourselves on the line, oftentimes for people who don't appreciate what we do until they really need us. There was a study in Japan where they took a control group and they found that people who were more curious had less stress in very stressful situations. They also had less depression than the group of people who were less curious. So curious people, first of all, connect better with others. They cope better with rejection. And the third thing is curious people are less aggressive. Research shows that curious people are less aggressive in emotionally charged situations. I think that's why we are able to take some of the things that we do from our audit clients because most of us are curious by nature. And so we are less aggressive. So you should always be auditing. First thing is you should be current on the conditions within your industry, both the internal audit industry and the industry that you serve as an internal auditor. Second thing is, well, you should always be auditing because that means that you're curious and curious people have better conversations with their clients. And the third reason you should always be auditing is because you truly help identify risk within your organization. You truly help identify risk within your organization. And I think it's embedded within some of us. I think it's embedded within some of us. And I'm going to give you an example of what I mean by that. But first, I'm going back to our audience. Jim Grimes is here. He says, great, valuable insights. Another point is to always be skeptical. Trust but verify, right? Trust but verify. 
And Zarek says, by taking interest, it also means you have to listen. And yes, you have to listen and pay attention. Exactly. You have to listen and you have to pay attention. Now, when I say always auditing helps you to identify real risk within an organization, let me give you an example of what I mean by that. And I'm going to take you all the way back in my career, because I believe that if you start doing this now, it will be embedded in what you do. I'm going to take you back to the year 2007. I had become the director of internal audit for the University of North Florida. Great place to work. A very great place to work. Now, around this time, YouTube had been created. It wasn't big yet, but people were starting to use YouTube. We had a YouTube channel that was dedicated to showcasing the university and how great it was. And it really was a great place. As a matter of fact, there's a screenshot from 2007. Now, as you can see, there's some comments there. And in the video, the young man was saying what he loved about the university was that there was always something to do there. Some of the comments say, nope, you're wrong. There is not always something to do there. Now, I saw some of these comments. And if you look, you see this one is three years old. There's another one under that that's two years old. No one addressed these comments. And I said, wait a minute, something's not right. This is a bad blow to our reputation as an organization. So I need to learn everything that I can about social media so that we can do a social media audit. And that's what I did. I got a lot of pushback initially. Some of the marketing people said, what do you know about social media? You shouldn't be looking at this. What they didn't understand was I was looking mostly at the back end processes for handling things. And to this day, as an auditor, if you want to audit your organization's back end social media processes, I'm the person that you should call because I've been doing it since 2007. Now, let me show you something that's real surprising that came up during this review. Check out this comment. This comment is really bad. Someone actually uses the N-word on our social media page. And as you can see, it was two years old at this point. Talk about reputation risk. After I showed them this, they let me do whatever I wanted to do as far as auditing social media. How do you let a comment like this sit out for two years and no one knew? So when I say always auditing, you are always in tune with the risk that your organization is facing because you're always thinking about your organization. And I mean that in a good way. As soon as I saw that we had a YouTube channel, I was thinking, how can we benefit from this, but also what could be bad about this? So as auditors, we should always be auditing. We should always be thinking about our organizations. We should always want the best outcome for our organization. So our minds and hearts should always be in the right place. Asking a lot of questions is not bad. It is a fundamental part of what we do. It is a fundamental part of why we exist. So here's what I'm going to say. If you like this podcast, tell all of your friends. If you like this style of well education, entertainment, edutainment, then you'll probably like me as a trainer. I tell stories. I tie them into the real world. 
and then I have some lessons learned. So if you are an audit department with about 10 or more auditors and you want to leverage training opportunities for your entire staff, you need to give me a call. We have economically friendly options for you. If you are an IIA chapter, I've been to a few this year. I have a few more appearances coming later on this year. Give me a call. And if you like this podcast, spread the word to all of your friends. Go sign up for my YouTube channel. That's what I really want you to do. Sign up for my YouTube channel. Leslie is here and she's saying she is late, but we'll listen from the beginning. Thank you, Leslie. Jose recently discovered my podcast. Thank you for the valuable insight. Jose, thank you for being a listener. I Thank you for being a listener. Every time I hear that, it just it, it gives me a good warm feeling inside because I love what I do. And this is very, very fun. Now, Zarek says, even if you're not auditing social media, you can review your company, your company's social media presence to find out a lot of issues if they exist. Customer perspective always reveals an unbiased truth. My man, you hit the golden nugget there because, frankly, if you have not visited your organization's social media accounts, then you're not always auditing as the title of this podcast episode suggests. It, it gives you golden insights into what your customers think about your organization. So episode number 43 of Audit Bites, you should always be auditing. It is not a bad thing. And for those of you who joined late and didn't hear the story I told about my friend as a youngster, go back and listen to that story. You should always be auditing because it's good to ask questions. You get to know people. You get to understand processes. And those are the most important parts of our job. As a matter of fact, the tagline for my company is we help improve people, processes and profits in that order. The reason it is in that order is because people are the most important thing in every organization. Your processes, that's the next most important thing. And everybody has to profit something. And when I say profit, I'm not necessarily talking about just your revenue. For some of us, a profit is helping other people with the products and services that we provide. Some of it is making money by helping people with the products and services that we provide. People processes, profits. Thank you for joining me on this episode. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye, everyone.